we inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to AFA at the Core. Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach, with you on a Monday. I know it's weird. It's like, how are we? The whole week's thrown off now. Where is Walker? Why is Rick Green sitting in for Walker Wildman on a Monday? I don't know. It's Thanksgiving week. Everything's upside down. We've got so much to be thankful for, including this very program. Just the chance to come and share with you to talk about what's going on in the world today from a biblical, constitutional, and historical perspective. I am thankful for that. So thanks to Walker for letting me have uh, three days in a row this week. So I'll be with you today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. And uh, just a lot to cover as we go into Thanksgiving this week. And uh, we should, you know, I, I know you see, you know, negative things happening in the culture. And you, you know, if you focus on that, you get down, you know, the, the old saying, I mean, count your blessings, count them one by one. Uh, what an important week for us to do that. We should do that every day, right? I mean, if we start every day saying, Lord, I'm thankful for living in a free nation despite our challenges, despite some things that are falling apart, despite the uh, attacks on the Bill of Rights, all of the things we could focus on that are negative, I'm still thankful because we still, despite all of that, live in the greatest nation in the world. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for just the ability uh, to, to be around people that share my values, uh, to be able to live out the First Amendment, freedom of assembly. I mean, all of these things are, are things that we can be thankful for, the, the, the freedom to worship, to be able to 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 exalt our Lord as we, uh, you know, spend you know not just our Sundays, not just our, our weekends doing that, but every day having the opportunity uh, to thank God for what we have and to worship Him. Um, man, we could go down the list, folks. There's so many things to be thankful for. Enjoy this week. Uh, dive deep into some good history as you uh, experience Thanksgiving. Make sure you're sharing with your kids and your grandkids and your family the history of Thanksgiving. No better source on the planet for that than wallbuilders.com. I think Tim Barton's the best on that, and so I, I recommend you get some of his materials and and uh, go read some of his things on the website this week and, and, and print out some of those Thanksgiving proclamations. That's, that's one of the best ways to share with with your family is to print out a, a presidential proclamation on Thanksgiving. Lots of them out there uh, that you can use, and we have all of those at the website, wallbuilders.com. Okay, let's get to the headlines, and then we'll get to the phones. Uh, phone number, by the way, 888-589-8840. Man, last week we had a lit up phone uh, board, and and I just, uh, man, I, I, I couldn't get to everybody. So uh, if you were listening last uh, last Thursday and you want to call in today and pick up where we left off, I'd be glad to do that. Uh, but phone number is 888 Zero. The headlines I want to hit first have to do with the election results. Lauren Boebert officially wins. Uh, she's up, I think it's 550-something votes. Uh, this is a very, very close race in Colorado. Could have been an automatic recount. Uh, Colorado does it a little bit like my home state of Texas and, and what I went through in, in 1998. If it's within a certain margin, uh, you have an automatic recount. If it's just outside that margin, you can ask for a recount and, 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 and have to put up the money for that. And then if it changes, you get your money back. Anyway, all of that to say, there was uh, likely going to be a recount in this, but her opponent called and conceded on Friday. So it's over. She is back in Congress. And and I celebrate that and thank God for that because she is a biblical worldview congresswoman. Uh, she is one of our graduates at, at Patriot Academy through our Constitutional Live program. She talks about it all the time. I love, love hearing her talk about it. Anyway, we talked on Friday. 
Uh, the race is over. She has won. She's back in Congress. She'll be a great leader and example to all those freshmen uh, that are going to be, uh, you know, headed to the swamp, and and uh, they'd be swallowed up by it if they don't uh, if they don't have the right people to surround themselves with. And Lauren's one of those uh, good folks. And anyway, we're going to try to get her on before the end of the week so that you can hear from her as well. So Lauren Boebert back in Congress. That race is over. A race that is not over. Two races not over yet. Kerry Lake in Arizona. I mentioned uh, before the election, that is the most important one to watch on election night because uh, as a governor, it's so important to stand against the out-of-control federal government right now and the example that she would set and that she would force my governor in Texas Greg Abbott to do the right thing, which she sort of already has in some ways. She and Don Huffines and Alan West pushing and saying the things I've been saying for years that Article 1, Section 10 is the state's uh, right to to step in when there is an invasion like this. They can repel that invasion because the federal government has failed under Article 4, Section 4. And I, and I love the first time I was on an interview with her, I think it was Flashpoint or Victory News or one of those, and, and we were both uh, being interviewed, and she was quoting the very same clauses in the Constitution that I was. I was so thankful. I said, man, I like this gal. And that was early in her race. And of course, Alan West and Don Huffines both said the same thing. Um, and, and all of that has sort of pushed finally Greg Abbott to invoke those invasion clauses. Uh, and, you know, at least he's verbally invoking them. So that's that's one of the things to watch for. Just the fact that he verbally invoked those invasion clauses. We're no longer debating whether or not a state has the right to do that. He had been unwilling to do that for the last you know, two years that we tried to get him to do that. And then finally, in the last couple of months, he's at least admitted and, and, and said, yes, states have a right to do that. Now, the things to do in that situation, he's not yet doing, but I, I'm i hoping we can push him to do that. Carrie Lake definitely would have pushed him to do that by doing it in Arizona, and she may still do that. And so that's where I was headed with that, is that uh, her race is not over. Uh, the, the attorney general Attorney General's office is not, um, they're not, uh, uh, you know, uh, what what is it called, Uh, verifying the election because they said there were so many shenanigans and so many problems in Maricopa County. So there's investigations going on. We'll see what happens. Could be a recount, could be lawsuits saying that there was voter suppression because of all the people that, that finally just left the polls or they were sent to other polls. Some people went to three different locations trying to vote. Complete disaster there, all run by, ha, Katie Hobbs, the other candidate for governor, who's currently being declared the winner for governor. She ran a disastrous election, and and yet she's claiming victory in the very election that she was running. No conflict there, of course. Nobody should question any of that. Uh, anyway, she's uh, she's currently being declared the winner, but that one is not over. So keep watching Arizona. And then the other one to watch, what's with the A states anyway? The other one to watch is Alaska. They are still counting votes in Alaska. And uh, they've got this really messed up system. Do not let your state adopt this ranked choice voting. It's a disaster. It was a disaster in the primary. Earlier this year, this thing was adopted in 2020, barely in Alaska. Uh, it's already been a mess in the, in, the, in the primary. Now it's a mess in the general. And so we still don't know who's won the Senate race up there. This was all done to protect Lisa Murkowski. Who let look? Let's face it, folks. The Murkowski name has been around forever in Alaska, and it's very hard to defeat a Murkowski. Unfortunately, people vote based on what name they recognize too often. Anyway, she uh, she apparently is now uh, barely in the lead. Um, so apparently, she was losing this race up until uh, just the last twenty four hours or so. Uh, it was uh, neck and neck. There's four candidates that 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 are still on the ballot. 
Uh, I cannot say the uh, the other Repo- – I met this lady too, Kelly uh, Shabaka. I don't know if you pronounced the T at the beginning or not, but uh, I met Kelly back in, uh, gosh, I don't know, February or March. I was very impressed. Great candidate. Um, anyway, it's neck and neck. I mean, I'm talking out of like, you know, they both got around 112,000 votes. They're separated by a few hundred votes. And now what happens is since nobody gets 50 percent in ranked choice voting, they drop off the lowest vote getter. And and when you go in and vote, you actually choose this is my first choice this is my second choice this is my third choice. Most people don't even know. I mean, they don't even know how to do that, and they don't even. Not everybody does that, and so there's people that their vote ends up, you know, not really uh, counting as much as someone else's. I mean, it's just a mess. Anyway, bottom line is the the bottom vote getter uh, is is removed from the tabulations, and then all of those votes or those ballots go to second choice. And so then that goes to some to you know first second anyway. It, it, eventually, when they get done and and get it down to just the the top two, then it should end up one of them getting over fifty, and most likely that's going to be Murkowski uh, with the way this this rank choice thing uh, works. Now, I, I as I said, I am not a fan of this rank choice voting, and I'll, I'll just give you give you a good reason why. One study out of Maine. Let's see if I can get this right. Uh, they said ninety in ninety eight recent ranked choice voting elections, sixty percent of ranked choice voting victors did not win with a majority of the total votes cast. So in other words, it's supposedly to, supposed to help majority voting, but it doesn't. Uh, you you shouldn't have these situations where in the general election you end up with four or five or six candidates on the ballot. Uh, you know, especially you shouldn't have multiple Republicans and multiple Democrats. But anyway, um, it's 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 a disaster. It's a mess. Alaska needs to get rid of it. But all of that to say, Alaska and Arizona, we're still waiting to find out. Okay, now the biggest news of the weekend, it seems, is that Trump is back on Twitter. I know that shouldn't be the biggest news, but uh, you know that's what everybody's talking about. Uh, actually, he's not technically back on Twitter. He hasn't posted on Twitter. He has said in the past he will not go back to Twitter. Of course, Truth Social is is his uh, is his outlet of choice. But but Trump has been reinstated on Twitter, and uh, this is Elon Musk, of course, and he took a big poll, and it was 15 million votes, and uh, 52 to 48, 52 percent to 48 said yes, Trump should be reinstated on Twitter. Now, I'm I'm ashamed that 48 percent would say that a former president should not be allowed to have free speech and should not be allowed to be on on Twitter. But here's why so many people think. This half of the country roughly thinks that he should not be allowed on Twitter. They have bought the lie, the lie that has been spoken over and over and over again by Liz Cheney and Adam Schiff and all of these other um, absolute fraudsters that are on the January 6th committee. Just listen to what Adam Schiff said. This, he just said this just yesterday on uh, Sunday morning, on the Sunday morning uh, ABC News show. So here's his exact quote. Uh, he says, uh, let's see, da, 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 da. he was talking about the, uh, oh, um, he thinks that there's evidence to make a criminal referral, a criminal investigation referral for Donald Trump. And he says that Donald Trump should not be on Twitter uh, because he said, let's see, uh, he said that's a terrible mistake. Here's his quote. As we showed in the January 6 hearings, which were a total sham, the president used that platform to incite the attack on the Capitol. His comments about the vice president, his own vice president, put Mike Pence's life in danger. Folks, this is flat out deception. It's absolute lies, and they've said it over and over. And you know the expression, you tell a lie loud enough, long enough, 
it becomes truth for a lot of people. And so a lot of people think Donald Trump should not be allowed on Twitter because he supposedly incited an insurrection on Twitter. Well, guess what? When you reinstate a Twitter account, all of those tweets come right back up and now everybody can see them. So now it's not just the January 6th committee picking and choosing words from Donald Trump's Twitter account and 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 taking it out of context and making it sound like something it's not. Now you can see, I mean, I'm, I've got the Twitter account open right now on my screen. So, so let me just read to you what Donald Trump actually said. Not what they say he said, what he actually said. Here we go. Donald Trump on January 6th. Please support our Capitol Police and law enforcement. They are truly on the side of our country. Stay peaceful. Oh, that's, I mean, that's some riot-inducing stuff right there. I mean, that is a grab your pitchfork and induce violence as you storm the, no. Now, listen to the next one. Donald J. Trump, January 6th, 2021. I am asking for everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful. No violence, exclamation point. Remember, we, in all caps, we are the party of law and order, respect the law, and our great men and women in blue, thank you. Now, if anybody's feeling like that's a call for a riot or an insurrection, let me just read that again. I'm asking for everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain Peaceful, no violence, exclamation point. Remember, we are the party of law and order. Respect the law and our great men and women in blue. Thank you. Folks, it's all been a lie, a pack of lies to make half the country think that Donald Trump and you, as a listener to this program, <laughs> that, that that we are insurrectionists and 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 a threat to democracy and all it's all been a lie. Completely distorted and taken out of context. And even his comments, by the way, about Mike Pence asking him to do the right thing, to have courage, to take that course of action that, frankly, I was recommending as well, based on a constitutional and historical uh, review and based on precedent in history, based on what Nixon did, what, what Jefferson did, what others did in that same position. Nothing in his tweets encouraged violence or anybody could even misinterpret them to encourage violence unless they were a nutcase, which, yes, there were some nutcases at the Capitol, and then there were really good people that got caught up in things, and then there were people that were good people that made some mistakes and have been treated horribly, horribly, all based on the lie. Got to take a quick break. We'll get to your calls when I come back. 888-589-8840. You're listening to Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach, on AFA at the Core. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Look briefly at one of your fingers. You've just witnessed one of the greatest displays of God's creative intent there is. No other person in all the world, even an identical twin, shares your fingerprint. God specifically designed each of us to be unique. That means we shouldn't try to carbon copy anyone else in the Christian faith. If God made you an arm in his body or a kneecap, praise be to our glorious God for drawing us to become a part of his body. How freeing it is to realize that we were never meant to copy anyone but Jesus. 
Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Raising God the Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. During your girl's school and extracurricular activities, she is often guided to find a friend or a buddy. Whether it is picking a kickball team or singing a duet, God created us to be together. But does she find the kid who is in need of a friend? Matthew 25 tells us to seek out those who are marginalized, the differently abled girl, the child who doesn't get breakfast on a regular basis, the naturally shy friend. As your girl cares for these precious image bearers, she in turn cares for the heart of God. Gently challenge your girl to share her food with a friend in need at lunch, or even organize a project to serve many who lack resources. In this way, your girl will shine God's compassion on the world around her. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. You can learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for healthcare. And here's why. Not only is it open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also a time you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. It's true for the typical family, switching to MediShare saves about 500 bucks a month, which is obviously huge for a lot of people. But what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate when compared to health insurance, double. There are 400,000 members now. They've shared over 4 billion in medical bills. So yeah, they can handle your bills too. And here's the thing. If you join MediShare Complete right now, before November 30th, they will waive your new member fee. So you're going to save even more. MediShare is the gold standard in healthcare sharing and joining right now makes a lot of sense. Again, pay no new member fees if you join now and start enjoying great savings and a great way to handle your healthcare. Call now, 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core. Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach, with you this afternoon on a Monday. A little bit sorts for our normal schedule. Usually you get Walker on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and me on Tuesdays and Thursdays. But I'm excited to be with you not only today, but tomorrow and Wednesday as we head into Thanksgiving this week. Phone number if you want to join me this afternoon, 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840 couple other uh, quick uh, headlines uh, before we go to the phones. Uh, I forgot to mention, now imagine this, uh, I think Trump was uh, reinstated Friday night maybe, might have been Saturday. Uh, at any rate, he's already got, let's see, 80, let's see if I get this right, 87.5 million followers. I think Saturday morning I checked it and there was like you know 50,000 or whatever. And by midnight on Saturday night, he was at like 40 million. And now this morning... He's at 87.5. He hasn't even tweeted. He hasn't even said anything. He's already up to 87.5 million. Joe campaign from the basement Biden is still, without ever being removed and still tweeting every day, somebody's tweeting for him, he's still maxed out at 36 million. He's got, you know, roughly a third of what uh, Donald Trump has, and yet we're supposed to believe that Joe Biden won, you know, uh, the election in 2020. Okay, I'm not going to go there. I just went there, though, didn't I? Anyway, okay, phone number 888-589-8840. Two other quick headlines. This one's disgusting. You should be righteously angry over this. This kid in uh, 
Seattle-Washington finishes 72nd when he's in his uh, race with his fellow uh, boys that have the same genitalia as he. He decides he doesn't like finishing 72nd, claims to be a girl, and now, guess what? First place. Wow. Isn't that interesting? First place, going on to you know state championship, all that good stuff. I mean, you should be disgusted by this. We are destroying women's athletics. We're allowing people to live a lie. And every coach, every student official, and I'm sorry, every athlete that stays in that race and doesn't walk out in a boycott is living a lie. So in other words, the Solzhenitsyn quote, live not by lies, great book by Ron Dreher from two years ago, if you don't want to live a lie, you don't participate in the lie. It's why I was so vehemently against masks. It's why I refused to wear them. It's why I, you know, preached to the TSA agent every time I had to get put one on for a few minutes to get through TSA security line about how a bill becomes a law. Uh, but 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 the reason I hated it so much was because it lived a lie. It told everybody everything was worse than what it actually was it it, it 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 lied to people about you know made them think that the mask was protecting them anyway it's living a lie don't live a lie folks and all these athletes if, if you are participating and i'm sorry girls i'm sorry you're gonna have to sacrifice you will have to be the ones because enough dads aren't standing up and enough parents aren't standing up and enough school board members aren't standing up you are gonna have to be the ones to stand up and say and st- and, and i mean literally i don't know I, be creative Get, get in the race, line up right there on the track, and when they blow the whistle, all of the girls in that race should have already predetermined that when they blow the whistle, you're going to stand up and just stand still and make that idiot run by himself around the track and look like the fool that he is and make the audience and the crowd be the fools that they are for cheering him on by himself as he runs. That's what you ought to do. I don't think anybody's done that. I don't know. I just thought of that. I think it's brilliant. I think I think absolutely, if you're within the sound of my voice and you, your female whatever uh, sports activity is being taken over by these guys acting like they're girls, even if they truly think they're a girl, they are not a girl, okay? So And this unfair advantage that they're being given by these fools in control of these athletic programs uh, is wrong. And, and, and you're going to have to be the ones, girls. You're going to have to stand up for yourself in this case and start showing them to be, show this to be the foolishness that it is. And when I say fool, I'm speaking biblically because I'm speaking Romans 122. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And there is an awful lot of foolishness going on right now in our country, and this is at the tip of the spear of it, these guys competing in girls' sports. Okay, last headline, then I'll go to the phones. Uh, Jen Psaki must sit for a deposition. She's the former White House press secretary. This uh, this case that uh, has to do with essentially the, the collusion between big government and big tech that killed free speech and created this ongoing two-year disaster. Had we allowed free speech and not had this con- uh, collusion, the truth would have got out much sooner. We would have known the truth about the treatments for COVID. We would have known the truth about the actual number of deaths for COVID. And we would have learned the truth about the vaccines much quicker. But because of the con- collusion between big government and big tech, we silenced truth. We did not allow debate. We violated the very principle that that uh, Patrick Henry um, so eloquently stated in his uh, Give Me Liberty, Give Me Death speech when he said, according to the magnitude of the subject ought to be the freedom of the debate. Only in this way can we arrive at the truth. 
and because we did not have freedom of the debate for a subject that was maybe bigger than any subject we've discussed politically in the history of the world because it essentially was shut down the planet. That's a pretty big subject, and we did not allow freedom of debate. So there's a lawsuit going to show the collusion of uh, the federal government, specifically the Biden administration, and big tech, and of course, Jen Psaki and, and others, uh, Fauci, uh, none of them wanted to be uh, deposed. And thankfully, Attorney General of uh, the Attorney uh, Attorney General's Attorney General of Missouri, Eric Smith, who's now going to the U.S. Senate, and Attorney General of Louisiana, Jeff Landry, uh, have pressed this issue, and uh, and they are now going to be able to um, at least subpoena or at least uh, depose. Saki, I know they're going after a deposition of Fauci as well. I, I'm not sure where that stands, and uh, and I hope they get that one as well. So, uh, unfortunately, one of the the major reasons why not winning the Senate was a big deal is because had the Republicans gotten the majority in the Senate, Rand Paul would have been released, <laughs> uh, released the Kraken. I mean, this would have this would have been an, an incredible, incredible couple of years of uh, investigations of of Anthony Fauci and the NIH and Walensky and all the rest if um, the Republicans had had the majority. But because they don't, um, you know, Rand Paul's hands are going to be tied very much in the, in the minority. Your, your ability to, to investigate and that sort of thing is, is um, it's not only less. I mean, it's almost not existent compared to when you're in the majority. So that will get done over in the House side, hopefully. But Rand Paul was the man. I mean, he was the man to lead that uh, as a medical doctor, as someone that, that knows this issue well. He did so well in the questioning of, of Anthony Fauci in the few Senate hearings where he did get a chance to do that. And uh, unfortunately, that's not going to happen. But this lawsuit is going forward. That will be the place where a lot of these truths will come out. And then, of course, the House investigations as well. OK, I went way too long on those headlines. Let's get into the to the phone calls. 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840 for your questions, comments or insults. And let's start uh, with Felton in Georgia. Felton, thanks for calling in today. What is your comment or question or insult? Rick, would you be so kind to explain to the listening public uh, what was the, the strategical plans that the Republican committee had planned to propose on that uh, on that challenge to the election there on on, on January the sixth? Uh, are you talking? Are are you saying in the new Republican uh, Congress that will take place in January they've announced some plans about investigating the January sixth committee? Just before the uh, the the mob hit in, that uh, you know they was they were meeting together. They was going to propose some uh, challenges to the election. So what? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Felton. I got you. I got you, man. I got you. I caught up with you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So so here's what they were what they were doing. This is what January 6th was all about. So January 6th is the day when the Congress opens the ballots, opens the electoral ballots that each state sent in to Congress to essentially announce here's who our state went for as president. And, and for those out there that aren't familiar with the Electoral College and, and how it works, there's actually a meeting that takes place in your state in December where the people that were elected to be electors, that's a, that's a term of art, that's, a, that's the actual constitutional uh, um, office that a person is elected in your state to fulfill. And there's one elector for every electoral college vote that you have in your state. And you have an electoral college vote for every member of Congress and for your two U.S. senators. That's how you determine how many. So a small state that only has one 
member of Congress and two senators has three electoral votes. A larger state like like Texas, I think we have 36 or 38, I'm blanking, uh, uh, members of Congress. So we get, you know, that plus two senators for our electoral college. So here in Texas, in December, they meet at the state capitol and the electors go in and cast the votes for president. And they cast the votes based on what the popular vote was in that state. So when you go in to vote for president, you're technically voting for the elector to then go vote for president for you. I know that sounds muddy. It's not actually as muddy as I just made it sound, uh, but that's how the Electoral College works. And so what happens is the Republican Party sets a slate of electors to go meet in December. The Democrat sets a slate of electors to go meet in December. And whichever candidate wins that state, it's their electors that actually go to that meeting, cast their votes for president, and then mail them off to Congress. And then Congress sits on those until January 6th, and then they open the ballots in the presence of the House and the Senate. The vice president is, according to the 12th Amendment, told to be the one to open the ballots and count the ballots. And so this whole debate over what Mike Pence could do comes down to what does that mean when it says that the vice president counts the ballots? Well, in history, uh, there have been times where the vice president arbitrarily chose whether or not to count ballots from a state when there were accusations of cheating or or problems in that state. Happened with Thomas Jefferson even. Uh, It happened with Richard Nixon. So it's not something that's new, and they've done that arbitrarily in the past, and that's why I argued Mike Pence does have the constitutional authority to say, you know know what, Here's here's the ballots from Pennsylvania, but I'm announcing to Congress here that we will not be counting Pennsylvania because it's so obvious that they broke the law. They, they, they actually uh, d- decided not to follow election law in Pennsylvania, and the Secretary of State and the governor arbitrarily changed the election law without the legislature. That's a violation of the Constitution, which gives that power to the legislature, not Congress, and therefore we're not going to count those ballots. He absolutely could have done that. He chose not to do that. I don't, I don't, I don't feel the same way about Mike Pence that a lot of people do, that that, that that was some sort of treason or whatever. No, there were multiple things he could have done because there's also historical and constitutional precedent for him to have um, uh, given that decision totally to the House and the Senate and asked them to go into their separate chambers and debate the issue and come back and just tell him what the decision is. There's history for that as well, and that actually kind of models the Electoral Recount or Electoral Count Act of 18, whatever it is, 78 or whatever, I'm forgetting off the top of my head, uh, 1876 maybe. Anyway, um, that's another way that he c- could have done it. And uh, and then he could have, he could have absolutely, and this is what Ted Cruz was trying to get him to do, he could have said, hey guys, time out. Let's just pause. January 20th, two weeks away. We've got two weeks. Let's pause. We're going we're gonna to ask Pennsylvania to clarify. We're going to ask the legislature in Pennsylvania to tell us what they want us to do with regard to their electoral votes because it's absolutely in their power to do so. That's what I wish he that's that was the middle of the road decision that I think he should have done. That would have been the smart move to make both politically, constitutionally, all of that kind of stuff. It would have been more bold and courageous and frankly created a lot of controversy if he had done what what Jefferson and, and Nixon did and arbitrarily decided which ones to count or not count, but he could have done the middle of the road. He chose the other one, which was to send them to their chambers and let them decide. That, you know, that's constitutional. I mean, that, he can argue that and, and show plenty of precedent for that. So I don't fault him in terms of saying he cheated or he was part of the pro- or any of that. I just he didn't choose the one that I would have chose out of his three options. So that's what January 6th was all about. It was it was the, the, the constitutional responsibility and duty of Congress to count the electoral votes. 
and the vice president is the one in, in, in charge of all that. And that's why people claim that the that the uh, people that rallied on January 6th stopped the count or it was an insurrection because they prevented the count. That's not what actually happened, and it's, it's why I was so against the people that did, in fact, go into the Capitol. I thought that was foolish, certainly wrong to break things, certainly wrong to fight cops. Those people absolutely deserve some sort of prosecution, not what they're getting, which is no constitutional rights, no due process. Fourth, Fifth, and Sixth Amendments have been completely annihilated, uh, while at the same time, people that did far more damage have been let out on bail the next day or not prosecuted at all as long as they were BLM or Antifa. So it's a two-tier justice system. That whole thing is completely broken. But what happened on January 6th is not an insurrection. It was not an insurrection. It was not in any way a, uh, a, a an overturning of government or any of those ridiculous things that people have tried to claim uh, that Donald Trump wanted or that anyone wanted. No one, no one asked anyone to overturn an election. Everyone was asking that we simply count the legal votes and that we make sure that we verify. That's all anybody was asking for. And that's what the rally was all about. And of course, it turned into that debacle. And they, you know, they paused for three or four hours and then they went right in and they actually approved. They Instead of further investigating, which is what they should have done, which is why the people that went into the Capitol really messed up because you prevented them from from having the debate and questioning those things. So it was a complete mess, total disaster. Uh, you know, but but that I hope Felton answers your question. I didn't mean to use uh, most of this segment to answer that one question. We've got a lot more calls that we're going to get to. I believe uh, Dina in Ohio is next. Dina, if you can make it fast, we've got about ninety seconds before we're going to a break. Go ahead. Hey, thank you for taking my call. I wanted to tell you how much I appreciate the fact that you speak fast so that you can cover so many topics at once. <laughs> and um, I want to thank you for bringing. You know, I hate to use the terminology Washington Wash because I think we use that a little bit too wildly, but um, you and Walker on this show do such a great job, and I really appreciate everything you do here and for Watchmen on the Wall and the Constitution, and I just am curious, um, you know, how you feel about going forward with the holidays and the next year coming up with everything changing. You spoke about it already, but um, what are our chances as conservatives? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Good, good, good question, Dean. I will, I will answer that question as soon as we come back uh, from break and and kind of what to do with the recount and not recount the uh, uh, runoff in in Georgia and where are we headed in January and how do we rebuild faith in all of our institutions, especially our elections. So stay with us, folks. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. You are listening to AFA at the Core. Since the Bible's nearly one-third prophecy, why don't we hear more sermons about it? Simply, prophecy is God writing history before it happens. I'm Sam Rohr, host of Stand in the Gap Weekend, heard Sundays from 6 to 7 p.m. Central Time. Join me and Dr. Carl Brogy for this first in a series on biblical prophecy. This week we'll define, describe, and identify why we should study prophecy and how it should cause us to live holy lives. Sunday from 6 to 7 p.m. Central Time. When you hear this, 
This is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. The credit card debt happened when my daughter was born. I was using one credit card account to roll over into another credit card account, and it was snowballing. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. When I first called Trinity, the representative understood the need based on the situation. There were great people to work with. From the first phone call that I made, they had me on a track to mitigate the credit card debt. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. Working with Trinity gave me the ability to save thousands of dollars. My name's Doug, and thanks to Trinity, I'm debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. For American Family Radio, this is Gateways to Better Education. I'm Eric Buer. Because Jesus was born, charity around the world blossomed. Christians have been the leaders in building orphanages, hospitals, and promoting charity through volunteer organizations and service clubs. Dr. Alvin Schmidt writes in his book, How Christianity Changed the World. The Greco-Roman culture did not see the hungry, the sick, and the dying as worthy of humane assistance. When modern secularists show compassion today upon seeing or hearing of some human tragedy, they show that they have unknowingly internalized Christianity's concept of compassion. When the baby Jesus grew up, he taught the importance of compassion as an important expression of God's love for others. Today's students need to learn how Christianity is a force for much good in the world. That's what Gateways to Better Education does. For more information, visit gogateways.org. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core. Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach, with you. Thank you, Dino from Ohio, for that uh, call there at the end of the break there, uh, or end of the segment. I, You know, I, I think we have to approach this just like we would any other time in our history, that we have a duty and responsibility to be engaged in the process, no matter what the cards are, you know, that we've been dealt, no matter how bad it's uh, the deck is stacked against us. And, and you know, I, I think the, the runoff in Georgia is, uh, is you know, uh, potentially um, – uh, a real problem for us, not just because of the election issues in Fulton County and whether or not the legislature has addressed those enough to uh, to prevent the shenanigans and all of that, but also just because you've got half the country that is buying these lies we talked about in the first segment. And so it's it, the rot is real, in other words. So this is not we're, we're not just facing cheating and that kind of thing. We're, we're facing a culture that is truly divided. We're facing half the nation actually wants the things that we experienced over the last few years. Half the nation is okay with taking kids to 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 drag queen story hour and 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 the mutilization of of of, of children and and the, the 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 insanity that we see with the with the COVID response and and the tyranny of governors micromanaging and I mean we reelected in these states governors that were absolute tyrants, which tells me that half of the people want 
tyranny. They want slavery. They would rather. It's harder to live in freedom. It's much harder to make the decisions yourself, and you have to accept the responsibility. So I, I just think we have to, to we have to go into this election and the next year, um, not not surprised by what we face, acknowledging what we face, but with a joyful heart, saying, you know what, we're going to be like what Ronald Reagan said, happy warriors out to take back a country and a world to freedom, knowing that the principles of liberty still work, as my friend Bob McEwen says, every time they're tried. But we have to put them back in place. And so, honestly, Dina, I don't approach this any different than I have after any election in the past. Our duty hasn't changed. Uh, we have to we have to double our effort, I do believe. I think we have to shift our focus. I think we have to get a war mindset uh, that that you know, just like if we were in a physical war, we would sacrifice more. We we would we would be willing to 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 make less money to 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 spend more of our time. Uh, you know, dad, men would be willing to go off to war for six months or a year, or two years, and be away from their family. In the same way, in a culture war, in a fight for the heart and soul of America, we got to say, I'm willing to give more of my time, more of my money, more of my effort. So I guess I I, I guess I guess I would approach this a little different. Meaning, I will I will do the same things. But I will give even more of my money to those causes. I will give even more of my time to those causes. So, great question. I, I, I hope that somewhat answers it. I, I did miss a headline that I shouldn't have and, and needed to address. You know, you had this this mass murder event on Saturday night at a club in Colorado. Five dead, 25 injured. I don't have to know anything about what happened uh, or who anything about uh, the murderer uh, to tell you that fewer people would have died and been injured if you had absolute Second Amendment rights to carry anywhere that you go and defend yourself and the other people. So if, if there had been people carrying a weapon and trained to carry that weapon in this bar, and it's a, you know, it's a gay nightclub in, in Colorado Springs, but if there had been people trained and prepared to stop the mass murder immediately, fewer people would have, would have died. Now, I don't know. Any, I've heard that, you know, that that, that he was ultimately um, stopped because some some, you know, patrons, uh, 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 you know, tackled him or something. I don't know. We don't know the details yet. But but all you're going to hear from this thing is it's a hate crime and it's people against LGBT or whatever. If you know, this guy was a nutcase. He was already on their radar. He had already been arrested for kidnapping a year uh, uh, ago and they chose not to prosecute the guy. So, I mean, this is another failed systematic problem, both on the prosecutorial side and our criminal justice system, but then also not encouraging people to carry and having laws that prevent them from carrying in places like this. Uh, so anyway, that's that's what I have to say about that one. Once again, another mass murder event. It's not a mass shooting. People call it a mass shooting. A mass shooting is what happens when I go to the range to practice. That's a lot of shooting taking place. This is a mass murder event. It's murder that we're against, not guns, not the weapon of choice. We are against the taking of innocent life. And so, anyway, enough about the mass murder. Okay, let's go back to the phone lines. Phone number is 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. And I just must emphasize that, uh, that Dina actually thanked me for talking fast. That's a first. I usually get asked to slow down. She thanked me for talking fast. So thank you, Dina. I appreciate that. All right, Kathy, in Virginia... Kathy in Virginia calling, and by the way, Kathy, there's a we we are um, K 
kindred spirits, regardless of what you're going to say today on the call, because Virginia is having the exact same battle at your state board of education. I think they call it that as we are at our state board of education in Texas. Both states are battling the woke nonsense as they rewrite their history curriculum and history standards. And so praying for y'all in Virginia uh, looked like a victory uh, last week and and looks like Yunkin is, is leading the way on that one. Okay, Kathy, go ahead. Yes, sir. I was going to uh, speak to you about, uh, you were talking about the boys taking the, or racing and doing all the sports with the girls. Yeah. And it gets under my crawl. I just want to uh, go out there and jerk uh, them off the field. <laughs> and I think that you were exactly right when you said that um, they are just, um, uh, walk out there, and I think the girls ought to just walk off the field. Yeah. And I think the parents and everybody in the stands ought to just turn their backs. Also. Yeah. When- I agree. I agree. It, it 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 would help to say this is wrong. You know, sometimes sometimes when the leaders aren't willing to speak truth and and call out something that that's wrong, then I mean that's what protests are all about. That's what that's the whole idea of we the people being able to gather and stand up with a voice and say this is wrong. So yep, I agree with you, Kathy. Thanks for thanks for that call. Now we're going to head over to Tennessee. It's Deborah in Tennessee. Deborah, what you calling about today? What's your comment, question, or insult? Go for it. Hey, Deborah. Hello. Hey, go for it. What you calling in about today? Look, I was calling about just what the last caller was talking about, about, you know, men who self-identify as women. Yeah. And they're on the, trying to get on these women's team. I guess my question is, is there some kind of law or something that's going on that calls people to actively participate in this stuff? I mean, what kind yeah. of risk are these women uh, t- uh, up against if they don't participate? And if it's uh, the fact that they were forced the game, in my mind, they've already forfeited the game. You know, yes. if, if they participate, because there's no uh, way nine times out of ten that they're going to win, number one. And then number two, they're actively participating in the lie. Amen. So I just don't understand. It makes no sense to me. It seems simple, common sense. You just protest through not participating. Amen. And I love that idea that you had about just let the bell sound and they stand there. I love that. That's it. And, and I think that, you know, I've heard that there's um, more than one way to skin a cat. There's more than one way that they can protest this situation, and it'll be done. Amen. Ah, so good, Deborah. Everything you said. I, I agree with every word you just said. That That is spot on uh, to answer your question. Yeah, unfortunately... Uh, we've tried to pass laws. There was a few states. I think Idaho was the first one. I remember interviewing the legislator there that did it to say, no, you have to participate in the sport uh, of your biological sex. So whatever's on your birth certificate, whatever you were born as, that's the sport you have to participate in. And and unfortunately, uh, most states have not done that. They've gone the other direction and they've created all these you know, complicated if you test so much in testosterone and you, you've had you know, certain amount of hormone blockers and all this nonsense, uh, then they've allowed them to, to, um, you know, uh, participate in the, in the, in the women's sports when they should be over in the guy's sports. So, um, unfortunately the law is not protecting these girls. And worse than that, uh, the schools are punishing the girls. If you, if you complain, I mean, we've got multiple examples now where a girl is saying, uh, there's a guy in my shower there's a guy coming into my locker room in my shower, and I, I won't do that. I won't change clothes in there with them. And the girl gets punished. Not the guy that's saying he's a girl. 
Uh, there's even a coach. We talked about it last week. There's a coach where his daughter complained about that, and he complained about it, and they were the ones that got in trouble and got suspended. So, yeah, unfortunately, Deborah, the law is not protecting the girls. It's protecting the people that are living in fantasy land. And, and not only, you know, and, and, and frankly, you ought to be allowed to live in fantasy land. What you shouldn't be allowed to do is make me live in fantasy land with you or make my daughter participate in fantasy land and sexual perversion with you. That's what shouldn't be allowed. And that's unfortunately not being uh, protected. That's, a, you know, the, the law is not on the side of the girls. Okay, let's go to, uh, let's see, we got John in Oklahoma. I'm sorry, Chad in Mississippi. My bad, John, hold on. Uh, Chad in Mississippi. Go ahead, Chad. Let's see, Chad, if we got you. No, Chad. Okay, we'll go Nora in Michigan. Nora in Michigan, if you're with me, go ahead. Uh, Yes. um, I just have something I wanted to say to America. You know, whenever you break the law of the spirit and the law of the land, which is God's law, um, in the Bible, it does say if you they have transgressed against the law and broken the everlasting covenant. Now, um, America is reaping what they sow. We might have not have seen everything that they were sowing for centuries, but now that God is exposing them, we're starting to see everything mm-hmm. come up, and now we're starting to realize what we've been ignoring. Yeah. And sometimes if... Um, the church don't get on board and understand that this kingdom that we live in, this world, it's not God's kingdom. God wants to bring his kingdom here. He wants this government to fall so he can build his government here. Now, well, and I, I um, think, Nora, the, the, you know, the idea that, that we're reaping what we sowed, I agree with that part 100%. Mm-hmm. And I think the consequences of a nation having policies that violate the laws of nature and nature's God, as our founders called it in the Declaration, is going to have to live with the consequences of that. And that's why I've often said, you know, it's going to be ugly. We're going to have to deal with a lot of pain in order to right the ship because there's there's earthly consequences for bad decisions. And we've we've shaken our fist at God and and said, we're going to redefine male and female. We're going to redefine sexual integrity. We're going to, you know, we've done all of these things. And now you've got a lot of people that have bought the lies and had to live with that pain. And honestly, I draw a direct line from redefining marriage to most of these things that we're dealing with. When you, when you change that and you say anything goes and everything's okay and just follow your feelings, now we've got kids that think they're cats and are claiming to be cats, and the schools are accommodating them and putting kitty litter in the bathrooms for these kids to go to the bathroom in. I mean, that's a, I, I think it started with saying we no longer believe in the basic institutions of the laws of nature and nature's God, and you end up where we are now, where we have lost our ever-loving minds, and that is exactly, I think, what you're what you're saying there, Nor, is that that we're living with the consequences. We're having to deal with the pain of those bad decisions. The good news is we can restore good stuff. I, I say it this way: it's simple. Garbage in, garbage out. Good stuff in, good stuff out. We've put so much garbage into our culture that now we're getting the garbage out, and we're having to deal with that. We're living with that garbage in our in our in our neighborhoods and our communities, and every single one of the fifty states. It's not like this is just California or, or Massachusetts or what we would consider to be a left wing state. This is everywhere, all over the nation. Um, and and now I think we have to pray for mercy, not judgment. And pray for God to wake us up and have a Josiah-type moment 
where Josiah reads the scrolls and says, wait a minute, here's the truth. And in the, in the same way, we read our history and we read the Bible and we go, wow, here's the truth. This is who we're supposed to be as a people. Now let's tear down the idols, tear down the strongholds and restore those things. And yes, it, it, it's going to be ugly and painful and we'll have those consequences. But eventually it's, it's almost like you clean that stuff out and you once again have a nation and a culture and a neighborhood where you want your kids to grow up. We can get there again, but it's going to take a whole lot of work. All right, we've only got a couple of minutes left. Let's go to Mark in Tennessee, see if we can get another call in here. Mark, go ahead, man. Yeah, I would like to say the solution to all these problems is we forgot about Jesus. Amen. And that's the solution to all of our problems. You cannot have a man with two X chromosomes. If, if, if someone has an XY chromosome, it's a man. X has a woman. It's that simple. And then the other thing that really gets me is people saying, I want to live my truth. There is no my truth, the truth. And Jesus Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that's the only truth that matters. And Amen. until we get back to Jesus, everything that we do as Americans is going to be corrupted. Yeah, Mark, you're spot on, man. I mean, and that's uh, frankly the found that was the, the the American story from the beginning was that we would base a nation on biblical values, Judeo-Christian values, and we would pump those into the culture and into the society. The church would be the epicenter of the community, not government. Government's there to protect. And that's why I always go back to the Declaration of Independence and say everybody wants life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's the good stuff, right? But to get that, you got to back up a sentence and a half and say we hold these truths to be self-evident. It's not my truth, your truth. Everybody's got a different truth. Exactly what Mark is saying. He's, he's right on. It was we hold these truths, that these are bedrock principles that do not change. That's where you start. Then you get life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And then on the other side of that, the declaration says that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. So why do we have government? It's not to be the epicenter of the community. The church is to be the epicenter of the community. The reason we have government is to protect those rights. And the only way we keep a government like that is if we, the people, give or refuse our consent. So it starts with we hold these truths, then we go live out life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, and then we keep that life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, and we pass it to our kids and grandkids by participating, by giving or refusing consent, consent of the governed. So you got to have those bookends, truth and action. Truth and action. That's what will keep life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness going for our children and our grandchildren. So I'm challenging you to do that. I'm going to do that. And honestly, to increase the amount of doing those things. Increase your devotion, folks. Let's save this country. Let's restore this constitutional republic. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. I'm thankful for you listening to AFA at the Core. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.